Welcome. To Arcade Audio. This week's episode of Married with Movies. I'm one of your hosts, Samantha Mullet. See next to me on the couch is your other host, my beautiful husband, Chris Mullet, who's about to take a sip of water before he realized how short my sentence was. I, I was hoping you could run on a little bit more because I was like, before I speak, I should, I should quench my thirst. Yeah, but what else can I say about you? I say you're my husband. I say you're beautiful, which is an exaggeration of sorts. Can't really go on and on. My wonderfully fit husband, who is now down to 205 pounds. 205 Live! Every, I don't even know what day 205 Live is on the air anymore! Shout out to you wrestling fans who come over from Podswoggle to now listen to this weekly podcast. As I, the former host of Podswoggle, Chris Mullet, am joined by my wife as we watch a random movie and talk about our lives. That is a fantastic segue! Seamless! Didn't fuck a word up! I am... Living my best life. Ow, on that last one. But but which member of Podswoggle am I? Which member of Podswoggle are you? If you had to be one of the other five members of Podswoggle, who would you be? Yes. Oh, boy. This is going to be either really good for you or really bad for you, 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 or really bad for you. All right. There's only one correct answer. Let me break this down. I think I know who it is. All right, so... You're not Tope. Why aren't I Tope? I don't have... I mean, I'm not cool enough to be I don't Tope, have that much time. Yeah, that's one of several ways. Hey. Ow! Now you're back to hitting me now? Well, you insulted me. You said I wasn't Tope. I could so be it's... similar to Tope. So like... <laughs> I hate to tell you this. <laughs> Tope and I are complete opposites. Yes. Uh, I love you, Tope. You're not Spencer. You don't like, like, devil things that much. Don't yeah exactly. Just, well, you're gonna actually you're closer now because you're gonna burst into flames doing the cross symbol, uh, the, the being Jewish. Uh, you're not Widen. He's way too nice. You're such He's a way dick. too nice. So at least it's with two. Oh man, the, I'm totally see. Augie. That's yeah, you're Augie. Yeah. No, I love Augie. The person, That's the, all right. the person that I could spend the rest of my life with, day in and day out, and be happy with, or this disgusting Miami trash monster. <laughs> Accurate on all three of those descriptions. Yeah, you're Augie. You're definitely Augie. Uh, it is August 21st, 2020. <laughs> no, because I looked at the date on the card. We watched this movie two days ago, and I was like, hold on. Free associate. Which day is it? Figure it out. Add up numbers. Yeah. Um... Yeah, we haven't got a lot going on since the last time we recorded. Back at work. Just, yeah, just mm. life, being life, uh, haven't really watched anything else. We, I, I do want to, over the next couple weeks, we're not going to get a chance this weekend, because we already have a pretty busy weekend in terms of going out and shopping and um, watching and playing some poker and doing some things. But over the next couple weekends, I would like us to try to watch 
some things that we don't own, so we can have some other things to talk about at the front of the show. I've been wanting to watch a couple movies as of late, so try to try to mm-hmm. get that done. I say that as the next movie of next week is over three hours. Because and who I, knows what we're going to draw today. If I didn't mention it before, uh, we've been talking about our, our massive schedule. Now that uh, the network is out of the way and we've done Back to the Future, our schedule is going to be back to some kind of a normal rotation of random draw, uh, nominated movie, wrap it up series for at least a couple weeks until we get into some more craziness with holidays and whatnot coming up. But uh, my, my movie next... coming up. Yeah. My movie next week, that I nominated Watchmen, I forgot it's the extended director's cut. I don't even think, like, the theatrical version is there. Cool. So it's over three hours. Cool, great. It could be worse. It could be, like, the ultimate Snyder edition. Uh Oh, Zack Snyder, chill the fuck out, man. You're not fucking the best director of all time, as you'll see next week. You're not fucking Martin Scorsese doing three and a half hours on Netflix, bro. Yeah, I get Watchmen's difficult. We'll talk about that next week. But you don't need to have all these different cuts for all your fucking movies. All right? Not Taylor Swift, you don't need four different albums. What? What? Well, that's different. A, a, a musician will like come out with albums, just like directors will come no. out with films. No, but I... all the difference is, does she have like three different versions of the same album? Yes. Oh, well then she's just a cunt. She is not. I mean, she's kind of a... Shut your fucking mouth. She's kind of a... Kind of probably a cunt. You wish that you were I wouldn't. near... I have no interest in her whatsoever. She looks like a porcelain doll. Is that supposed to be insulting? She just looks fake. Don't like the cut of her jib. What? You make it really easy for me to hurt your feelings when you talk about cuts of people's jibs. Worry about your own damn cut of your own damn jib. <laughs> what is that supposed exactly. to mean? Exactly. Figure it out. How dare you? How dare you? Do you have anything else to add? No. Ever? No. Why would you? Let's get into today's movie then and maybe make this a little... A little bit. A little tighter. Oh, there was there was something I will add real oh, quick. Oh, no. Um, on to cap off last week's podcast, our longest podcast ever, doing Back to the Future and Back in Time. We didn't tackle a couple things that I do want to tackle about that movie. Um, we talked about watching the ride. We do own the complete animated series, and we I do. do intend at some point to try to get Jillian to watch that. Anytime I try to get her to watch anything from my childhood, it lasts one episode, and then she wants to watch... Her bullshit shows. Choo choo, the choo choo train. This Chuggington show, and she's obsessed with Dora the Explorer right now. Um, so I've tried to watch like Tiny Toons. She'll sing the Tiny Toons song. I've tried to get her to watch Gummy Bears. She like for a couple episodes she got it. Same thing with Scooby Doo. Oh, uh, Magic School Bus. Yeah, like a couple things. It's been close, but not really. This one I know she won't because it's just like animated people. Like if it's animated like animals or characters or something with people, she's not gonna get. But eventually, we're gonna try to do that. And then we also played over the past couple uh, days <laughs> uh, the tabletop game. I believe Funko makes it, and it's surprising because Funko games so far have been pretty shitty. It's a Back to the Future, Back in Time, the name of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you play through the documentary and you try to prevent those people from getting married. No, I'm kidding. Uh, it's literally just a playthrough of the first movie where you're one of four characters and your goal is to get the car ready to take off and to have Lorraine and George be in love by the end of the game. For two players, it is maybe one of the hardest games I've ever played in my entire life. We played it three times. It was pretty, pretty difficult. We played it three times. Uh, got absolutely demolished both times we played as Marty and as Doc. Mm-hmm. Like, literally, like, the worst you can possibly be. We played it last night for the third time. The first time as Jennifer and Einstein and were able to win with, a, with some time to spare. But each time we played, got a massive headache. Enjoyed it. 
but it's stressful and it's Beat the very shit out difficult. Of each other afterwards. And, uh, <laughs> what? Don't say that. Oh, it's horrible. So uh, yeah, so check that. Out. I know there's also a dice game. This is not the dice game. There's another game. I think that's like it's Target exclusive that's related to dice. Dice that, through time. Yeah, no thank you. <laughs> I do not want that at all because this game was already hard enough with the dice we had to roll. So just wanted to cap off there. Now let's get into today's podcast. It was a random selection of mine from the box. It is The King of Comedy, directed by Martin Scorsese, early 80s dark comedy yeah, drama film. Fanatic light, if you will. No, that was my you? first note. We'll get into is it. Is this well, fucking fanatic light? Have you forgotten what you're supposed to do? You're supposed to read the box. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> I did forget. Let's so make this so turn sorry. to read the box. <clears throat> I have to read this, right? Of course, yes. But not if it was like... Oh, if it was on the front. Right. After 30 years, Martin Scorsese's The King of Comedy is getting the royal treatment. Now fully restored, remastered, and on Blu-ray for the first time. That was close. (laughs) It's better to be king for a night... Then schmuck for a lifetime, says Rupert Pupkin. Say it again. Pupkin. Uh, you're close. Pupkin. I'm not. Often mispronounced, uh-huh. but it's from the film. Mm-hmm. So for those of you who don't know. Academy Award winner Robert De Niro, Jerry Lewis, and Sandra Bernhard give mesmerizing performances in this chilling black comedy, TV Guide's Movie Guide. That explores the painfully high and often hilarious price of fame. Desperate to be a star, struggling stand-up comedian Rupert Pupkin, De Niro, enlists the aid of his fanatical friend Masha Bernard to kidnap talk show host Jerry Langford Lewis, the ransom a guest spot for Pupkin. Turn your fucking phone off. What the fuck Sorry. is this? Who the fuck? Get the fuck out of here. Who is it? It's Tope. Tope, get the fuck out of here, Tope. <clears throat> the results? Outrageous. The King of Comedy stands as Scorsese's prophetic masterpiece, which confronts a celebrity culture that looks more disturbingly current with each passing year, says Lucia Bazola, All Movie Guide. So that's two. <laughs> you say Rabbit De Niro? That's what it sounded I like. I did not say Robert De Niro. Well, well you, you messed up Robert. That one was blatant. And then the other one you messed up was you messed up, uh, let me see the box. I said Masha. No, no, it wasn't that. It was, um... Mm. You definitely messed up De Niro. There was another okay, one. Okay, but it. it doesn't sound like you know that... Uh, oh, no. You Bernard. said No, you said Bernard. I did say Bernard. <laughs> you said Bernard, so that's right. two. <laughs> I think you're right. I did say Bernard. That's two. So, Samantha now, the reason why we're painstakingly going through this... I didn't even want to fucking record I, I said, fine. I said, we'll record Monday. And then you're like, no, I'm ready. Let's go. Let's do this. Because you make me feel so bad. I did you're like not. A kicked puppy. I did not. I said, what do you want to do? And you're like, no, it's okay. Ooh, we can record. I was really hoping we could record. Because I want to do other stuff that doesn't involve you the rest of the weekend. Say I'm wrong. I'm not. With that attitude, you're not. So, <laughs> what am I up now? Three? Yes. Fantastic. Good. I deserve to be. Oh. Um, the movie that we're watching today, that or we... talking about today that we watched, what is much 
less the fanatic than you're talking about. So what we're referencing in case... You don't you listen to our show. On a regular basis. Earlier we watched the John Travolta shit piece, The Fanatic, a directed DVD movie where he plays a mentally challenged person who's obsessed with some random action star played by Devin Sawa, directed by Fred Durst. One of the worst films I've ever watched in my entire life. Uh, and as you as this began, you immediately brought up its name. Uh, that is not the movie that's come out in the past 12 months that this is inspiring, because I'm sure Fred Durst has never heard of this movie before. I'm sure. Because there's actual technique and style and substance in this. Uh, I'll just go ahead and say I thoroughly enjoyed this. I thought this was, I thought this was great. I knew you would. Uh, what did spawn from this movie is Joker. Yeah. It was evident, because Todd Phillips wouldn't stop talking about it, it was evident if you watched it, uh, which you have not and I have. Um, and, yeah, I just wish I'd watched The King of Comedy a second time. <laughs> I wish this was the second time I'd watched King of Comedy. I, I've spoken to many people on Joker, and I believe I, I got it very cheap somewhere, so we will do it on the podcast great. at some point. Great, great. Um, Thanks for that. You're welcome. Appreciate it. The problem is that... Scorsese does such a better job at doing things understatedly, or if he is doing them blatantly or is doing them um, in a way that... That kind of, like, that, hits that, you over the head. Yeah, just in case he's unsure of who's watching his film, he wants to make sure they get it, then he makes sure to get it's, something else in. Whereas Todd it, Phillips doesn't have that bone in yeah. his body. Martin Scorsese's very deliberate... And and he, he puts a lot of layers into whatever it is. So it can be interpreted a couple different ways, but it's very clear what the intention is behind it. Sure, yeah. So you can see the love that Todd Phillips would have in this movie and the fact that he doesn't have any of the skill whatsoever right. is also painstaking. But you're right, it's... It's like the fanatic light a little bit. The fanatic is the king of comedy mega light. Well, yeah. Don't say this is the fanatic well, light. That puts this movie down. No, it's only because I saw the fanatic first, so I I likened it to that. Just from the opening, there's this this mobbing scene is what sure. we're, we're opened. But you never get to. that in the fanatic. You get a, you do, but like in this guy's mind, you get a like signing that he's at. You get him right. barreling into a, a souvenir yeah. store, yeah. saying he has to poop, and then him bombarding people in the street as a Cockney police officer. You you missed that in this? <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> we knew the hospital. Asleep? I have I have a Damn. tumor in my head that I missed. <laughs> yeah, it's very loud and chaotic to start, and it worried me at first because mm. immediately I also saw a lot of the Safdie brothers in this, and you, you don't know you you haven't seen a Safdie brothers movie yet, but that's the guys who did Uncut Gems, and they also did um, Good Time, which is a movie we own, we haven't watched yet, but I've seen some clips of, and their style is very influenced, to me at least, by early Scorsese, kind of like this, in that it's very that, and also like Altman Brothers, where they are fine with a super chaotic scene, and it's hyper-realistic, because you've been in those situations, Sure, sure. but it's not necessarily enjoyable for the audience to watch, and that's the point. But, like, right. I can't get into that at a certain point. Yeah. And that's, like, I totally get an that. hour and a half of Uncut Gems is just 
Adam Sandler at his store and like somebody's yelling, there's a buzzer going off to get somebody in the door. He doesn't stop talking. Right, it, like Keith Stanfield doesn't it's stop like the talking. Truth, the truth that people go through, but the truth that people and don't want to watch. And there's also nobody you're really rooting for either. And it's the same thing at the beginning of this is that it's all these super fans who I hate that concept. We Before we literally started watching this, again, to give you a little bit of wrestling, we were watching uh, SmackDown. We're recording this Friday night. And I paused the recording because I wanted to see how they were handling the Mandy Rose, Sonya Deville storyline. You may be familiar with that even if you don't watch wrestling because in the news, somebody, an obsessed fan, broke into Sonya Deville's patio, cut through, sat on her patio for hours, waited till she went to sleep, and then broke, broke through her the house. house. They managed to escape because of an alarm, and he sat and waited there for the cops to pick him up because he had a knife and rope and all kinds of weapons and stuff. He was going to torture and kill the, these two women just because they were famous because he thinks that's what has to do it's been something since god did this movie come out before or after lennon was killed i actually might have been really close to this it this movie came out it came out in, like 81 82 uh, 82 december 82 do you have an exact date on it december 18th 1982 december, is when this was released december 18th 1982 mm-hmm. john lennon was killed okay john lennon was killed in december 8th 1980 came out two years after Lennon was killed. But and that was the first one that I think can really be, well, yeah, that's the first, like, famous, like, killing due to fandom. Like, Mark right, David right, Chapman right. was like, insane. Yeah, due to the fandom. Like, assassinations, like Kennedy or something, like, those are different. But this, and then you have, like, the attempted Reagan assassination, which was to impress fucking Jodie Foster. Um, you've had other instances of, you know, famous celebrity sure, stalkers and whatnot. Sure, Like, that shit is horrifying. And you can't support it, and you, I, I just don't get it. I know it's a mental disease that's really probably the cause of it with a lot of people. Sure, yeah. And mental health is serious and important, but it's a hard watch. It is. To get through. However, this movie, I think, does a fantastic job of juggling it to where it's outlandish enough at times to not be taken so seriously. And also it's juggle enough to where you're doubting what's actually happening at every step of the, of the, of the the story says you as the person without the mental defect or the sure. sure, 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 I get that. Yeah, of course. So so I think that, you know, something, some things that I wrote down is, is, you know, this, this range of how psychotic people can get, how unhappy superstars can be. Sure. Um, in, and in between that, the complete like demolition of the line between fantasy and reality, right? Mm-hmm. So exactly what you said is, is right. There's a lot of scenes in this where you can't tell if it's really happening. In in particularly in near the this reality, end of the movie. right? Or, it, in this reality, or in this reality that this crazed fan lives in right because a lot of these things happen they create these fantasies that that they believe and they live in and they're they're absorbed inside of this fantasy all the time that it just it's real to it's real to me damn it it's real to them and uh i think this movie does a good job of of showing that and showing it in a way that that I don't want to say that like you you feel pity, but you you sympathize a little bit, even though you 
understand that, like, the lengths this person is going to is utterly ridiculous and, and definitely crazy and, and, and illegal in some aspects. And, and it also, like the way it's, the way it progresses, so earlier on in the movie, you get these incredibly exaggerated daydreams and, and fantasies that Pupkin has where it's him and Jerry, uh, Jerry Langford. I'm, I was just going to call him Jerry Lewis the whole time. Uh, like at dinner and he's convincing him to do his show and people come in to, like have signatures. And then like later on, the other fantasy he has is like him getting discovered with his tape in the office and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And then by the end of the movie, the way it's progressed to where he's rejected at Jerry's house. Even so, like, you're not entirely sure that happens until they actually kidnap him. And then they hold him for ransom, and the ransom demands are just to go perform an opening bit on his late-night talk show. And then he goes there, and the FBI, like, let him do it because they're not sure who else is keeping Jerry. And then you get, like, the news follow-up of him going to jail and getting paroled and then, like, becoming a, a big star and, and, like, being, like, on television stuff. And it's, like, you have to draw your own conclusions as to... Is that the Is reality? that his, still his head? And that it, or is, is the world and fandom and celebrity so fucked up that this actually worked for this person? Yeah, yeah, and now, exactly. Because you don't know. Because, honestly, you think about it. And you yeah. think about these, like, notorious cases throughout history. Just off the top of my head, I can think of six or eight people... Whether like fucking like Patty Hearst or fucking like Joy Buttafuoco and Amy Fisher and fucking John Wayne Bobbitt and Tanya Harding and that's a extreme case because she's already famous because she was a, a athlete. But these people that get involved in these crazy true crime real life like the the Ramses you know that become like notorious enough for like the next thing you know they're getting reality shows or they're getting book deals or they're doing fucking pornos or you know who knows what yeah. It's like we they've they have no worth that or notarity, value. I know, but that notoriety goes a long way with a lot of people. Yeah. So that's why I you mean, can I, buy I like into it. Like, look at like the Kardashians. To I, an that's extent. the next point I was gonna yeah, make like was the Kardashians to an extent, like they haven't they, they haven't done anything valuable. They're famous for being famous. Right. Like they didn't do anything valuable until what, Kim like, Kardashian got fucked on camera. Yeah. Yeah. By Brandy's brother. She gets fucked by, like, Wayne Gretzky? She's a much even bigger star. Right. Which I just want to see that. <laughs> Is he really the great one in the sheets? Um, uh, so, yeah. So, so She would never fuck Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> That's a podcast for another podcast. Excuse me. But it, 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 it does lend it, this movie does lend itself to, to that conversation about superstardom and fandom and... You know what pe- what lengths people are willing to go through to become famous, mm-hmm. um, and this was made in nineteen eighty two. Well, it came out in nineteen eighty two. Okay, and there wasn't internet then. There wasn't social media. There wasn't all of these different avenues. I mean, think of t- TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, all of these social media platforms that boost people up. And pull them down as well. I mean, like, the comments that people make about others on this, when people go viral, yeah. I mean, it's like, it is insane. 
insane. And then it's also on the flip side of it. You don't get that much of it, but the perspective from then the celebrity dealing with it. Yeah. It, I want to have a serious MVP talk. It's very difficult. I, I think there's a clear-cut answer, but... Those scenes when Jerry Lewis is in his house and is just sad. Even Yeah, and even beyond that, I thought Jerry oh. Lewis was absolutely incredible in this. I mean, you're used to Jerry Lewis being like, Oh my God, lady! Like that fucking guy. Um, and that's what he's known for with everybody. But in this, he is fantastic. Right from the jump, like the first scene where Pupkin like escorts him to his car and rides with him, like you see this like restraint, but then also this like uh, annoyance and anger and but like, like having he's trying to be kind. But yeah, he's like like not you, really wanting to be kind. Like kind he, of like you. He's not. <laughs> he's not the antagonist at what all happened? in this movie. What happened? You okay? Sorry. You need some water. <laughs> What happened? Truth and comedy, baby. I mean, just because of the, the fame that I have. Uh, oh, right. You're more like Pupkin. Man, that's the meanest thing you've ever heard of me. You're more like Pupkin. But he's not the antagonist of this movie at all. Mean it. But I almost feel, I know, you almost feel like he is to a certain extent because cause that's what like the celebrity should be, I guess. I don't know. Uh, but then you see it where like it's just him just walking on the street. And you have the the few and far between, like, taxi driver, like, hey, you like to show, like, you know, and they're having a decent rapport. And then a lady just wants him to, like, say hello to, like, her son on the payphone. He doesn't have time for it. And she yells at him and he hopes he gets cancer, <laughs> which was a true fucking story, if you read. I did. Uh, it, so Lu- Jerry Lewis brought it up and that the same thing happened to him before. On the street, it's just like somebody wanted to talk. He's like, I'm sorry, I can't right now. Like, I'm in the middle of something. And they're like, I hope you get cancer. Like, he's just living his life. I know. And that's what he has to put up with. People have these expectations of what they should do because they're famous. They don't have an obligation to anyone. And I think that Mm -hmm. that's what people forget. I'm a big fan of a lot of people. I mean, I'm a big nerd when it comes to a lot of those kinds of things. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, like, everyone's human. Like, they all do something because they're good at it or mm-hmm. they love it and you have to appreciate that and let them live their life. Like, they're still human. Like, they don't owe anybody anything and I think that's the problem. Like, I'm not super into social media and stuff like that in case you haven't noticed by, uh... By, lack um, of anything. Lack of everything from me. But, um... You know, it's like... I, I, I don't know. I guess it, because when you get so deep into that, mm-hmm. you expect people to do things and say things that benefit you rather than them i hate to do another wrestling reference Ugh. um but it, but it's true i, I think back to my favorite all time sam punk and when he quit and had a very famous interview about it and him struggling he's always been known to kind of be a bit of a a prick oh like you yeah uh especially with like some of his fans and stuff but you also have to look at it from his perspective is like if you're sitting eating dinner somewhere and somebody shoves something in your face to, like right. to sign or right. interrupt like your personal time you know, that, he has every right to say no, and you have every course. right to have respect and manners to do it. So when people respond back like, "Oh, you can't," I bought your house, which is like an actual thing he's been told before. It's like you can't sign something for me. I pay your salary. Just, he's like, "Fuck you! No, you don't." Right. Like you're the customer. Right. You're. I am the talent. I am the product. Right. So like, you're not always right because I'm a human being. Right. It's you're, like if this was. If this was like. 
a booked signing where I'm sitting there and sure. on the clock and interacting with people and signing and I refuse to sign your thing, then yes, have an attitude yeah. with me. But I'm out at dinner or I'm running an errand or I'm with my family and you interrupt me to, to get me to do something for you. Like, like how, I just don't understand when we got to the point where people thought that that was okay. And I think that this movie really demonstrates that. Like with the mob and with how outrageous, like, um, Masha is and and uh, Robert De Niro's character is and I just think it's it's really well done in that regard and mm -hmm. this was you know almost 40 years ago yeah it'll you be know? 40 years ago like next year two years from now it, you know, and it's it's more relevant than right. than it was then right exactly so I think it's that it's, it's crazy mm -hmm. to think of but um, it's a great breakdown of fame and fandom. It uh, is. And fantasy so, and reality. So you also enjoyed it? I did. I didn't think I was going to. I didn't think you were going to either. I didn't think I was going to at all. Um, but I did. I mean, I don't think I liked it as much as you did. But I thought that, you know, I just liked... So, so what didn't like, you like then? Well, I... I gotta read. I didn't start out with that. I usually like to do what I did like first. I well, right, but we 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 had a pretty long like not movie based discussion. Um, I don't know. I I I think that. I mean, I get why. It kept going on and on and on. Like first, like with the like okay, so the first thing like with the taxi, and then. He went to the bar, and you got, like, that aspect with, like, uh, Rita. Him trying to impress. Him trying to impress Rita. His and legitimate then, wife at the time as right? well. Because Robert De Niro. You go Robert De Niro, he, baby. You do you. You do you. He, he likes him a certain way. God bless you, Robert De Niro. Hey. That's all right. Um, and then, like, the Standee Cafe. And then, like, I just feel like it, it had a lot of layers. Like, it had. I wouldn't say impressive. it was layers. It had a lot of escalated repetition that's a great way of because yeah. because of a I good like i needed 30... all of it it could have cut down on some but... i get what you're saying i agree with you to a certain extent i agree with you in that i didn't think you needed it with the third character i think you needed it later on as the kidnapping happened so you show it was like a different level like Pupkin was obsessed with him because he wanted to use him to become famous. Masha just wanted to just fucking do whatever. Yeah, like like I, there was a lot of going on mm -hmm. that I think it it wasn't as tight as it could have been yeah. in terms of focus. But you had to give you had to give those scenes of him going to drop off the tape off, then sitting there, and then coming back the next day, and then and sitting, sitting there. there, right, and then waiting for it to come out I to give the re reaction, and it. then getting rejected, and then I get it. not leaving, I and get then it. the security, I get and it. then running through, like, I get it. like, you have to get that level, like, look at your reaction, like, you're already annoyed me just reviewing what the movie yeah. was doing, Yeah, that's the point, is that this person just can't, no, I know, I know, is like, grading I, I and delusional. Get, I, I mean it when I say I get it, like, I get it, I didn't necessarily like it. It's not necessarily a feeling and emotion you want to feel while watching right. a, a movie. Right. And it. and like you said, I, I get it. I didn't need it with that with that additional character. So I, I know why you needed that like the the foil of, of Rupert and Masha. I, I know why you needed that. I see why you needed that. But I I don't know. I think that this movie would have still been just as strong without that character. I agree. Um 
I don't know if it's the character or it's also the performer. I don't like she's Sandra so Bernard. She's so green, though. She's, the first thing she's ever done, she's, she's so, so difficult green. to deal with. She's my personal LVP. I don't she's know if you have somebody else. She's always difficult to deal with. She's a flavor. Like, I don't know if you... Are you a big Sandra Bernhardt fan? And I'm just now hearing I, this and experiencing this? I like watching this? her when she was on Roseanne. Okay. That's the only thing you know her from? <laughs> I mean... Sure. <laughs> I, no, I'm not the biggest Sandra Bernhardt fan either. I just didn't think you were going to be defending her. No, I just said that I... I just said I didn't like that character, mm-hmm. and I didn't think the character was necessary. And I just said... But is it the character, or is it her? I don't know. Okay. That, I, thought, I, thought you were make, I thought you were building up to make a case that it was the character, not her. I for, think it could be both. For her, it, she kind of took me out of the movie a lot. I thought she was better in the tail end when it was just her and, and Jerry Lewis, and she and was she's getting very in the face. Calm. Right, I but think... then she could. But then the next thing you know, she could just wipe everything off the table and her facial expressions and stuff. But the, like her and De Niro bickering back and forth when like they're I walking down the that. street. See, I didn't. That's the stuff I didn't like. Like I, I'd rather because it it wasn't pointed to me. Like it just felt there so that you could see each of these people being. In their psychoses, sure. Outside sure. of fame, sure. So like, oh, you're rich, and oh, you live with your mom, and then they're bickering like how they're gonna kidnap him, or like how this is gonna go down. Like it felt like unnecessary tension and drama just for the sake of it. And then there really is no payoff on it, and that Jerry escapes, and she just like chases him down the street in her fucking bra and panties, and that's it. You know, like you don't ever. And who wants to see her in her bra and panties? Ouch! You're right. Uh, <laughs> You don't get like, did she go to jail? Did she go to prison? Like, did she, like, like it's a totally open ended thing. Right. That for the third main character in the movie, kind of felt like there should have been something happening. Mm-hmm. So that was my biggest. Yeah. Downside of the movie, sure. was that. Um, but besides that, man, I already talked about the craftsmanship with Scorsese. There was some absolutely amazing camera work in this. There's that slow pan of Pupkin talking to like the wall of people and it just like shows like it's all shadowed on the sides. You're boxed in with him, but like, it's still got a big scope to it. So you just think that's his brain just like processing and developing it. I loved, um, the scene where he gets rejected and won't leave is just, I, it's so painful to watch. Yeah. I wrote, I wrote yikes. Um, I mean, I just, (sighs) I talked about how much, I love Jerry Lewis in this. There's nobody that's in this movie that's not Robert De Niro, though. De Niro is... I mean, those scenes between the two of them, they're just... On they a, work off of each other so well. It's just such a great balance, a mix of like that mm-hmm. seriousness and that outlandishness and like a little bit of that crazy... Yeah. Like When they're going off of each other at, at Jerry's place. Yes. It's like Pumpkin it, just doesn't want to give up on it and... It's Jerry just, just has to finally yeah. shoot him down, and then the way he, he answers back to it. The extraordinary fantasy of it, mm-hmm. the delivery of Lewis is just beyond. It's beyond. I don't even have words. But, even with that, the delusions of grandeur that uh, Rupert has, and the way that Robert De Niro just... He's on another is level. ...is in it, and I felt like he was... Just like when, whenever we did like um, auditions for our, our sketch show, okay, we would have to do um, 
you, you made people do three like, through the door. Three through the door, where there were characters in. Glad you've retained nothing. No, I knew what it was called. Mm-hmm. Why didn't you say it? And I had to say it because you didn't let me finish my thought. Why don't you slow your? You were, you were blatantly Why you struggling. Shut the fuck up. Let me talk for a second before I throw this Blu-ray at you. <laughs> what do you mean before? Then you do it. I didn't mean to. I'm so sorry. Um, I mean, you had to like do a scene by yourself. Um, I felt like he was he he was doing that. But that was not what Three Through the Door was. <laughs> look, I was only ever cast in one show on purpose. Three Through the Door so. was a, a series of three. Yes, I know what it was. Nobody cares. Character monologues. Yeah, exactly. A monologue. You're not doing a scene by yourself. No, that's what a monologue is. No, it's not. Why are you even sitting here right now? Oh, shit. Did I just baseball bat that cat back into your face with this pen? You can't be mad. That's impressive that I did that. Um, a monologue is not a scene with yourself. I mean, technically it is. Stop. If you think about it's it. Not. It's it's a monologue. Like a dialogue is two people talking. A monologue is one person talking. Anyway, you see by yourself. He is so delusional and like you. What's all the fucking like? I don't put you down. Have I put you down on this show? Yes. When? Always. On this show, always. Name yes. two examples of me putting you down on this show. The specific episode. The opening, what and the middle. I called you Augie, and you didn't know what three through the door was. I didn't know what three through the door is. Him, like, recording the tape by himself in his mom's basement and, like, doing his shtick, and the way he just processes and handles rejection and the way people are telling him what he is, and he does not take no for an answer. It makes me so sad that we have Robert De Niro now. And not Robert De Niro then. Like, this is one of our greatest living actors ever. Yeah, and he did uh, Dirty Grandpa. Have you seen the trailer for the new movie he's got coming no, out? No, man, no, don't show it to It's kind of sad that I watched, we watched this when we did, because I think, like, the same day or the day before, there was a trailer <laughs> came out that was called The War with Grandpa. And it's, like, some third-tier, <clears throat> like, almost, like, direct-to-DVD company. I think this is going to be a theatrical release. And it's, like, Robert De Niro moves in with his, <coughs> his daughter and is a son-in-law. It's like Rob Riggle and I think it's Uma Thurman. Oh God. It's like people just need paydays and he takes like his grandson's room and like they start pranking each other. It's neighbors, but with Robert De Niro and like a 12 year old and like Christopher Walken's in it too. And it looks so <laughs> fucking bad. That's terrible. And it's like, but that's what he's done for the past. Like besides the Irishman and he's the, maybe the worst part of the Irishman. Like he just doesn't have that pitch anymore. But in this I love the scene where he shows up at the house. Yes, with Uncle Benny from Lethal Weapon Four. I've and never seen that guy in anything else before. Um, Uncle Benny having a heart attack. I was so, I was so. Uncle Benny was great. He was that really, was awesome, really good. But, but yeah, the scene of Jerry's is so great. It was so great, and then again, it's like on the way there, you're like, wait, I thought that he imagined going to his house. Like I thought that that was something that nope. he did by himself, and it was. But well, yeah. But then he legitimately gets on a train with this chick and shows up, and it's like, where, like, at what point mm -hmm. does that line? You also kick believe in? it. You also believe it. So the kidnapping happens so quickly, and the next thing you know, like they're on the phone, and nobody's believing it. That scene where he takes the mints out of his jacket, 
and he asks him if he wants any, and then he takes some. I was great. Like that's like perfect dark comedy. Like dark comedy is in, is maybe one of the hardest things to pull off. And this movie I think does a really good job of it because there are some very funny parts to it in the midst of this awful atrocities that are happening. Um, not atrocities because there's nothing serious. This also is a PG movie, by the way. I was expecting this to it, be it, I mean, to be fuck filled and yeah. no, but it's a pretty clean I mean, movie yeah, besides some some well, swearing. Jerry Lewis, there's no violence it, and everything. Jerry Lewis ain't no saint. Jerry Lewis no. made that Nazi clown movie that I before I die have to see. Who the fuck is Martino, by the way? Martino at the end, like when he's calling and everyone. Oh, Martino Navratilova. <laughs> That's the bad cool. pun. Um, I just thought. It was so great. And that monologue that Jerry Lewis did, I think that makes him a big contender for the MVP. What MVP? What uh, monologue? If I'm a, I'm a human, like I'm a human, if I'm wrong, like that monologue when he's tied up and oh, or, yeah, yeah. Or he was about he's to be duct taped, so like right before he got duct taped, with that whole monologue, that was really wonderful. This I movie is really, so great. this is maybe the closest we've ever had between two stalwarts. The Nero's monologue. So that's the point that I, that I was getting ready to make was, I, my note was, there's no way this is happening. Because he shows up, he's just walking around the studio, I'm the king. I'm the king. And then finally somebody recognizes what he's saying. And the, the FBI is interrogating him and he's just... He's just there. He's like, yeah, I did Drinking a Coke it. and... I kidnapped him. He knows what's going to happen, what? but he's still going to get to do what he does. And then, and then so like they show the entire monologue that he gives. Which is this awful, like... It's basically just, like, you, you feel sympathetic for him because of how bad his life has been, and he's making jokes about it, mm-hmm. which is what's a lot, what a majority of stand-up comedians have done, is found humor through their pain, and the crowd's laughing. He's actually succeeding, and because the crowd's laughing, you're like, okay, this isn't real. Like, this, this can't be real. This can't be, because also, up to that point, everything you've heard from him, like, when he's making that tape, he's brutal, because he doesn't know how to be a proper comedian. Like, he has to explain everything. He's making little notes. Every time he says something on the spot, somebody's not funny. So in this, like, he never breaks that facade. Mm-hmm. And I think just because of his poise and his confidence in that moment, despite what his material is, the, the crowd likes it. So you're like, okay, there's no way this is real because this right. guy isn't good. And then the next scene you get is him insisting on, like, the, his last request is to, like, be taken to the bar where Rita is to, like, show... It's her, and to show her that, like, he is a success, and you're like, okay, well, this is actually real. Like, like this this legit happened. Yeah, and then the ending is, like we talked about earlier, is brilliant, that it's so crazy and fantasy-filled that you don't know what is true or not. So you still end unsure of it. But uh, the difference, so I think that the fanatic does play a part into my decision-making here, because I'm looking at the difference between Devin Sawa and Jerry Lewis and Robert De Niro with John Travolta. Okay, yeah, but what if you do that? I mean, it's, it's I know, like... I know. Come on. I think um, my here is my stance on it. As great as he was, I think you could get somebody else to be Jerry Lewis. I don't. I do. I don't. I mean, the scenes where he's walking down the street and interacting with the people... So the original and... person that they had in mind for this was Johnny Carson. And... You don't ever really see Johnny Carson in anything like this. Like, Johnny Carson was Johnny Carson for 40 years, right? Yeah. But you read a lot about Johnny Carson, and you hear a lot about Johnny Carson, and I think he would have been perfect for something like this. He just didn't want to do it because that just wasn't his thing, you know? Right. That, um, that, that didn't fit into yeah. his portfolio, I guess. Yeah, but 
I, I could see, I could picture him doing it and doing it well. As well as Jerry Lewis, I don't know. I don't see anybody in this era, this time, being Rupert Pupkin better than Robert De Niro. Because he's so in it. Like, he is so deep that it, it really impacted him and Scorsese's relationship because of how taxing it was. Like, the research he did about stand-up, like, it was so foreign of a concept to him, and you couldn't tell. Like, he right. disappears. Whereas for Jerry Lewis, I'm like, okay, that's Jerry Lewis. Yeah, he looks like Morton Downey Jr. a little bit. But <laughs> but I still know that's Jerry Lewis. You know what I mean? So he, and I, it was hard for me to suspend my disbelief at points, despite how off... <sighs> off character and how great he was yeah no i i think that's true so that so that's why and it pains me to do it because lewis was the first one i wrote down after the car scene i was like oh my god he is a revelation in this yeah and it pissed me off that this movie did so poorly at the box office it was well received but not well enough it lost a ton of money it only made like a couple million dollars against a hefty budget considering who's involved and now it's regarded as an, a classic, one of the best movies of the 80s. I'd never even heard of it, but, honestly, before this. I don't but remember how... It's not a surprise to anybody. I, I, I got this out of the $5 bin at Best Buy a couple years ago, before Joker, um, because I kept seeing it pop up, like, you know, when Scorsese would have a new movie come out, they'd be like, oh, the five or ten best Scorsese movies. This would always come up, and I'm like, I'm very intrigued by the concept. Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad that I picked it up, and I, and I did. But I think the only, like, recognition I saw was Sandra Bernhardt got, I think she won, like, the National Film Critic Board, like, Best Supporting Actress, which surprises me heavily, because, like I said, she'd be my LVP. But I, I think that Lewis would have made a great Best Supporting Actor, and I think De Niro would have made a great, a great Best Actor in this. What? Let's look real quick and see what this was up against, huh? So this came out in 82. So the 1982 Academy Awards going to ask me which ones I mean for honoring the best films for 1982. So the winner was Gandhi. Mm. Um, Gandhi, E.T., Missing, Tootsie, and The Verdict. Okay, well, Gandhi, E.T., and Tootsie are three good ones. Missing, I am not familiar with. I'm going to click on it. Jack Lemon, Sissy Spacek. Okay, probably about a missing kid. The Verdict is probably uh, Paul Newman, Sidney Lumet. Okay, makes sense. A best actor, Ben Kingsley, Gandhi, Got Dustin it. Hoffman, Tootsie, Jack Lemon, Missing, Paul Newman, The Verdict, Peter O'Toole, my favorite year. De Niro probably is better than one of those. Best supporting actor, Louis Gossett Jr., Officer and a Gentleman. Very controversial one in that he never did anything after that, basically. Charles Durning, The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. Seen that, no thanks. John Lithgow, World According to Garp, James Mason, The Verdict, and then Robert Preston, Victor Victoria. Yeah, I, I think, I think. I think they both got robbed, <laughs> is, is what I'm just assuming yeah. and guessing off of. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Uh, so I've convinced you on De Niro? Yeah. Okay. I've convinced you on De Niro. Let me consult my book here. He has to at this point, right? I yep, Robert De Niro is now a two-time MVP. I don't remember what his first MVP came from. Uh, Bad, his... Dirty Grandpa. Oh, no, no, no. What you mean? No. I think it's probably Meet the Parents or Meet the Fockers, if I had to guess. Yo, bro, I forgot we did those on this podcast. This is why I keep meticulous records and why I am who I am is because you have Whatever. If this was work-related, I would remember every detail, okay? This is work-related. You get paid for this. I don't get paid enough for this. 
Take it up with Rich. <laughs> when did we watch... When did we watch the Meet the Parents? This was a long time ago. Vamp for me while I'm looking through this box. Look. I can't help it. There's too much information to keep in my brain. Okay, I can't remember a lot well, of Well, it's because you're a woman. I'm you a woman. A I've got a brain. tiny brain, of course. That's oh, hey, i got course. another good joke for you. No, I uh, don't want to know. Please don't. Why do wives live longer than husbands? They're not married to women. <laughs> That's a good one. That's, That's a, a good one. one. Good, I'm glad you liked that one. Let's go on. Uh, where the fuck, when the fuck did we watch this? Here it is. Yeah, Robert De Niro was the MVP of uh, Meet the Parents. So, two-time MVP for Robert De Niro. I believe that ties him back up with Pacino. Yeah, in the De Niro-Pacino battle. Um, De Niro. Pacino. You're not doing a Letterman Oscar bit. So that is 33, 34, 35, 36, 37, The 39th multi-time MVP we've wow. had on the show. Does De Niro have an LVP yet? He does not. For, oh, Judy He Grandpa? will get it. No, I believe it was... No, it was like uh, Julian Huff or one of the... the oh, yeah, there's a lot Huff. bad in that. We let Efron and De Niro off the hook for, for both those, for what they were doing. Uh, but a, a solid... He'll be definitely on my list for should have been MVP at the end of the year, Jerry Lewis. He was fantastic. Oh, yeah, yeah. I just put him on mine, yeah. so... Do, um, do you have anybody else for LVP by Sandra Bernhardt? There's not a lot of other parts in this. Yeah. I didn't think Rita was great. She wasn't great, but I don't think she did any harm. I don't think she did any harm, and she, I, her kind of being, like, this aloof, innocent person is perfect for her part and her role. Yeah, exactly. The woman that was, like, Jerry's assistant was fine... I kind of like the guy that was in the office, like handling the calls. I guess he was like the executive producer or oh, whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, I liked him. I the liked FBI the, the guy was secretary good. Yeah. at the front. Everybody else was like, played like their part fine. really well. Like, yeah, it was like that. Didn't have enough to do. Believable and genuine. Sandra Bernhardt would take me out of scenes. And, and I know it's, be, you know, there's that when she was like calm and then manic. And I know that there's a lot of controversy about that. I just didn't, I don't know. I think that anyone could have done it and they could have done it. Yeah. The same or better yeah, at so a certain point. That's who the LVP is. Um, also, some good cameos in this movie. You got Dr. Joyce Brothers early on. Uh, Tony Randall. Hey, you're Tony Randall! As uh, the host in place of Jerry. Um, God, I really want you to watch Joker now just to get mad. No, I don't want to watch it. Please. <laughs> and if because I draw it out the box, I'm going to, like, kill myself. It's, hey, it can happen right now. You're about to draw it out of the box. It's going to be terrible. Um... Let me make sure I didn't miss anything on my notes. Yeah, I'm I'm very, very glad. Oh, the other the other thing I forgot to mention that locked De Niro for MVP for me, beyond the mint bit immediately afterwards, was the cue card bit. The cue card stuff was so funny because they're backwards, they're like out of order, they're upside down. And I love Jerry, Jerry Lewis's, Lewis's reaction reactions to, to it, it were great. Like anything that was the two of them, yeah. I just thought that it was so well done. And I think a lot of it why they were so great playing off each other is because they were pl basically playing the other. Because, like, Robert mm -hmm. De Niro, we mostly know for more serious stuff. It yep. wasn't until much later in his career that he started doing a lot more comedy. This is really the or only comedy. Or he's usually, comedy... like, a straight man in a comedy. Like, in, in Meet the Fockers. Or or his seriousness is, is, is played the... for comedic value. Exactly. This is literally, like, the only yeah. comedy he would do. This and um, Midnight Run, kind of in the same era... The last comedies, quote unquote, he would do until like he did like the, Meet the Parents and like right. the Adventures of Rocky and fucking Bullwinkle. Yeah, like back to back years. And Jerry years. Lewis obviously is a yeah. comedian doing like the straight man, the serious role. So I think that that's why 
it was so interesting to see them basically take on each other's personas and do it really well. And not just the comedian, but like the slapsticky, nutty professor. Yeah, like like the. Have you heard about the movie that I referenced earlier? I forget what the name of it is. Uh, It's not called Tears of a Clown, but it's essentially. Like that? No, why? Why? Yes, I've heard all about it because I follow Nazi clown. The day the clown. I I have Google alerts set up for Nazi clowns. The day the clown cried is the name of the movie. It's an unfinished film from the the early seventies. What? Unfinished. Uh, Met with controversy uh, because it features a circus clown who's imprisoned in a Nazi concentration camp. Oh yeah. Uh, Yeah, no, that that's uh, my I've seen it like one hundred and seventy five times. What do you mean? Well, you're a liar because no one's ever seen it. There's been some reports some people have seen it. It's supposed to be so bad that Jerry Lewis has insisted it not be seen until like a certain date or period in time. Um, Mm. And if it is seen, then like it only goes to the Library of Congress or something. There are some people that have said they have claimed to see it. They say it's so bad, like it's incredible. Or there's some people that say it's one of the greatest movies they've ever seen. Like, there's no middle ground. There's some people like, it's life is beautiful, essentially. Oh, great. So, I, I just, it intrigues me so much. Uh, I bet it does. So, whenever it's available, I, I'll i be first in line awesome. to see it. Great. Uh, score time. Uh, I drew it, so you score it first. Ooh, excuse me. Um, look, it was enjoyable. There were some things that, that did take it out. Take, take me out of there. It was uncomfortable to watch for some of it. And like I talked about earlier, I think a lot of the escalation could have been done without the third character or without how many repetitious things that they did. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's tough for me. I think I'm going to give it a... Mm, between two numbers. I'm going to give it a... Can't I can't do like a... I can we've been do doing this. Or half. We've been doing this for like can we three hundred. Thi- no, no. A thing, can't. and we do no like because I, there's no way to do that with what we have. Well, yeah, there is. You no, just use more paper. No. But why not? Give it a fucking score. I'm gonna give it an eight. An eight? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I thought it was great. I love the style behind it i love two of the best performances we've seen in a very very long time excellent direction a great script um if you take sander bernhardt out of it I, my score it, would probably even be higher yeah, for me yeah i'm giving it a nine wow i dug the shit out of it and i think it's also it was it wasn't like long it was uh it was 109 minutes uh it Moved at a decent pace aside, you know, your arguments aside, um, it it was my kind of thing. I think it's a rewatchable movie as well. I wouldn't expect this kind of movie to be something I'd want to like like seek out or watch again, but I I would watch that. If it was on TV, I'd put it on a heartbeat. So that was our random movie coming out of the box. Now it's time to get another movie coming out of the box. Samantha, go ahead and reach on in Ooh. there and let's see oh, what we man, got. It's been so out long. There. It's been quite a long This time. box just keeps getting fuller and fuller too. I don't know. We don't have enough time to watch all these damn movies. The movie that's coming out of the box will be our show on September 17th in three short weeks. What are we hoping for here? Uh, I don't know. (laughs) Something. A movie. 
What? Not a series. I guarantee it. Not something long. Oh my god, okay, let's Do see. it, then don't build it up, just fucking do Ooh. it and read it right away. A Simple Wish. I have no idea what a that is. A Simple Wish. What is this? A Simple I Wish. I have no idea. Oh, is that the, is that the Anna Kendrick movie? No, oh. that's A Simple Favor. Oh. A Simple Wish. I was like excited to oh, Anna Kendrick. God. I got real excited. It's a 1997 children's fantasy comedy film starring Martin Short, Mara Wilson, and Kathleen Turner. So this has got to be on some, like, multi-pack we bought that just, like, was bought because it was with, like, fucking Surf Ninjas or something. You know what I mean? Shut the fuck up. Oh, this is going to suck. <laughs> Oh my god. Can I just read this plot that's on IMDb real quick? Male fairy godmother Murray ties to help eight-year-old Tries to help. No, it says ties. Oh. To help eight-year-old Annabelle fulfill her simple wish that her cab driver father Oliver wins the leading role in a Broadway musical. Unfortunately, Murray's magic wand is broken and the fairy's convention is threatened by evil witches Claudia and Boots. Boots. Great. Oh man, I can't wait for this fucking movie. Great. Oh yeah, this is gonna be great. It's gonna take me forever to find this because <laughs> I know it's not like under S's for Simple Wish. It's under some kind of fucking other, other oh, thing. Oh man, so oh man, the, great. It's gonna be great. Let's Th- watch this right now. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Podswoggle. Podswoggle, fuck. <laughs> I'm doing that because I'm <laughs> watching. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Married with Moves. We encourage you as always go to Wait, Arcadios. oh, because you're watching something while we're in the middle of recording the show? I'm trying to win a toy here, man. <laughs> I forgot it was right now. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Married with Moves. We encourage you as always go to Arcadios.net for this podcast. Any others in our network of shows, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Patreon.com slash Audio for bonus content like the networks, like Stacked, and like all the other series we got going on there. MarriedWithMovies at gmail.com, at MarriedWithMovies on Twitter, Facebook.com, slash MarriedWithMovies. I don't know which one this is on, so... Oh, it's on this next one. Hold on, let me see. Did I win? Did I win? Did I win? It's live. Nope, I was number two. Fantastic. So I lost. So those fast plugs were for nothing. Fuck faces! The director of of this movie that we're gonna watch... Uh, it was one of the writers of Cool Runnings. Okay. So, so that gets me a little bit... And Fletch. Oh, he directed Fletch as well. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. But this is about a fairy godfather and Mara Rooney. So let's see what we see. Uh, anything else? No. For Mullet. This is Mullet. Signing out for this week's episode of Married with Movies. We'll catch you next time on our couch. Slash the movies. Why'd you have to, to spank that box closed? <laughs> I'm gonna love you Like no one's love you Come rain or come shine High as a mountain Deep as a river Come rain or come shine Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. 
play more at arcadeaudio.net.